Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. All right. Thank you, Pastor Chris. I, I am excited. Uh, if you're taking notes, the title of the message today is, is Here from Heaven, as we continue our, our sermon series, If. And um, before I get into it, can you, can you all stand with me and honor your lead pastor, Pastor Chris? Come on, can we give it up for our incredible lead pastor? I, I just want to talk about something for a second. I don't want to just have an honor moment just to have it, but... but uh, this sermon series has been incredible. Really, everything that God has done in this church this past couple years has been incredible. And can I tell you, these things don't just happen, right? Like, like we have a pastor who meets with God, who gets downloaded revelation from heaven and has vision to, ha- to, to lead the church to, to walk in and experience the presence of God. That doesn't just happen. It, it should be normal with all pastors. It's not. But it, uh, Proverbs 29 says, without vision, people perish. I'm grateful to have a pastor who has vision. Grateful for a pa- Come on, give it up for a pastor who has vision. I, I believe, whole, and he, he can't say this because it sounds kind of arrogant. I believe wholeheartedly God is calling us to really do something incredible, and he's the man to lead this charge. Has, has anyone seen the Building Project update pictures we've been posting? You know, isn't it incredible? Right? There was an architect who had to have vision to, before the floors went in, before the walls were painted, there was an architect who had to have vision to see that thing come to pass. And I believe that God has given Pastor Chris a vision for what's to come to pass, not just this year, but next year and for the next five, ten years. So, one last time, can we honor our lead pastor and his vision for this house? Love you, bro. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You guys can stay standing. I'm not going to make you stand sit, stand sit, because we're going to get into the word. We're going to read 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And to be honest, you should know it by now. I might just popcorn style one of you. Just kidding. You all got nervous. Because <laughs> we even, <laughs> you're like, no, please don't. That brings me back to eighth grade. No, it's, it says this. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will, hear, and I will heal their land. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the church. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your truth. Thank you, God, that even though you don't have to, you meet with us, even in a small high school gymnasium. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for your presence that's evident. I pray that I would get out of the way and that you would increase, Jesus. I thank you uh, for every person in here. I pray that you give them a heart and ears to hear what you want to say today in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. What I, what I love, again, the title of the message is Hear from Heaven. We're going to talk today about hearing from heaven, about how when we pray, God hears us, and when we pray, God, we can hear God. We're going to talk today about the, the reality that God hears us when we pray. I don't know about you if you've ever been in a season where you just feel like you're just throwing up words. You know what I'm talking about? But the reality is God hears you when you pray. We're moving in this verse uh, from, from, from our responsibility in prayer to God's response, right? I don't know if you know. It says, in my, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, seek their face, and repent, that's our responsibility. 
Did you know in your prayer life you actually have a responsibility? It's to humble yourself, it's to seek the face of God, and it's to turn from your wicked ways or to repent. Today, we're moving into God's response. I believe that if the church would say yes to these four things, if the church would say yes to humbling themselves, seeking the face of God, and repenting, then God says he will hear from heaven. Someone say then. Then God wants to respond to us today. I believe that wholeheartedly. God wants to respond to people who pray. God desires to respond to you and I. God desires to hear your prayer. Some of us think when we pray, man, it's just, it's just God just talks to me. No, 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 you have a responsibility. It's to humble yourself, seek the face of God, repent. But what I love about our responsibility, notice, check this, it has nothing to do with your performance and everything to do with the posture of your heart. It, does, it doesn't say if you sing really well like Pastor Juan, then I'll hear from heaven. Because <laughs> we'd be in trouble, most of us, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it doesn't say if you preach really well like Pastor Chris, then I will hear from heaven. It doesn't say if you pray really, really well and eloquent with eloquent words, then I will hear from heaven. It ha- prayer, your prayer life has nothing to do with your gifting or your ability, but it has everything to do with the posture of your heart. And do you actually seek the face of God? Mm. I think a lot of us don't pray because somewhere along the line, we developed an improper understanding that in order for God to hear us, we have to perform well. Maybe you were taught it in church. Maybe you just picked it up somewhere along the way. But I believe a lot of us shy away from a real prayer life because we feel, oh, I'm just a little bit too dirty. I know what I did last week. I don't have the gifting that that person does. So when I pray, it's not going to be the same. We shy away from a life of prayer, which God does not want us to do. We shy away from a life of prayer. See, I want today to attack some of the demonic schemes on your prayer life. You know the devil does not want you to pray. You know, the devil is not afraid of a church that doesn't pray. The devil is not afraid of a church that tries to do it all themselves. That's called the Boys and Girls Club. And I'm not, I'm not there's nothing wrong with Boys and Girls Club. It's good. <laughs> but it's not a church. Okay? Devil's not afraid of a church who doesn't pray. But can I tell you that the devil will try to stop you in your prayer life. He will try to not get you to communicate with God. You know the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren, meaning he reminds you of your past in order to stop you from your future. He will remind you of what you used to be and who you used to be in order that you won't meet with God face to face. He tries to stop you before you get to the point of repentance because the devil knows that repentance is beautiful like Pastor Chris talked about last week. The devil knows that when you repent and seek the face of God, there's nothing he can do to stop it. But what would happen is if if not just one or two people in a church actually seek the face of God in a prayer life, but the entirety of the church seek the face of God. What would happen if we said no to the lie of the devil that I'm too dirty, I'm too guilty, I'm too, I'm too messed up, I, I, I can't sing well? What, what would happen if we said no to the lies of the enemy and yes to the presence of God? The prerequisite for a prayer that captures the attention of God is posture, not perfection. Someone say that with me, posture, not perfection. God does not desire your perfection. God desires a heart that will say yes to him. God does not expect you to be perfect because he knows you can't be. Paul, as he's writing, he talks about how he's the chief of sinners. He knows we cannot be perfect, but Paul often would turn to the Father. Paul would spend time with the Father. Can I tell you, God does not require you to be perfect, but he desires that you draw near. Can I tell someone something? God does not want to talk to you only when you feel you've earned it. 
I have had seasons in my life where I feel like I can only talk to God when I've went two weeks without watching that online. I, I can only talk to God when I go three weeks without drinking. I, I can, when I was first saved, I, I, I would really believe this. I, I can only talk to God if I've performed well enough to where I think I can get into his presence. But that is not what the word says. If that's your process on prayer life, that I can only get close to God when I feel I deserve it, you'll never develop a prayer life. Because you can never earn it. Devil wants you spinning in circles trying to earn it. Pastor Matt, you don't understand. I, wa- I watched something I wasn't supposed to this week. I cussed this person out at work this week. That's okay. Humble yourself. Seek him. Repent. Draw near. That's it. That's it. It's a reality. The Bible says, then I will hear from heaven. It's an assurance from God. See, we don't always come through on our responsibility, but God, on his responsibility... On his word, he always stands firm. So if you are, yeah, come on, you could praise him. So if you're willing to do his part, he, or your part, he will absolutely do his part. Love how Pastor Chris broke down repentance last week. It's beautiful. It brings us back to Jesus. It draws us near to Jesus. It's not this word or concept we have to be fearful of. It draws us near to Jesus. That Jesus desires for you to talk to him every single day. Jesus desires you to have a relationship with him every single day. And it doesn't matter what you came in with, but it matters. All that matters is your posture, not your perfection. If you guys can turn with me to Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. I want to read a passage real quick. I'll give you a second. Luke 18, 9 through 14. And I believe this is one of the greatest um, examples of 2 Chronicles 7, 14 come to life. It says this, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men, someone say two men, went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people. Arrogant. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I don't know why I pointed at this row. I'm not, I'm not calling y'all tax. It just, it just happened. <laughs> My bad. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. This man is, is, is boasting himself up. He's saying, this is what I do for God. This is what I don't do. This is how good I am. And then there's another man. (laughs) But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. But he beat his breasts and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. (laughs) This is what Jesus says. I, I tell you that this man who was beating his breast, saying, God, I'm not worthy. Have mercy, I'm a sinner. This man went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is a beautiful depiction of 2 Chronicles 7.14 come to life. One man thought God would hear him because of his performance. One man didn't even know if God would hear him, but he had the correct heart posture. One man was seeking the praise of others, going in the center of circle and saying, look at me, look at what I do and look at what he does wrong. The other man was saying, I'm not even worthy to be in the presence of God, but if he would hear me, one man exalted himself and was unrepentant. The other man said, I'm not worthy, but I repent. The other man said, God, I just want a little bit of you. God, I'm not worthy, but I just want you. What if our prayer life looked less like us trying to describe how good we are to God? God, and instead it looked like, God, I just want you more. 
God, I just desire you. Come on, you can praise I want to help some of us in our prayer life. If your understanding of the conversation with God is dependent on your actions, you're looking through the wrong lens. If your reference point for God hearing you is the mirror and not the cross, you've missed it. I think we do that. Okay, I'll, thank you. I'll say it again. If you're, thank you. When Pastor Chris told me to say it again, I'm going to say it again. The rest of y'all, I don't know. If your reference point for God hearing you is a mirror and not the cross, you've missed it. I think a lot of us, our reference point for if God can hear me is what I did last week. But I don't know about you, but when I look at the cross, it brings me to identity. It brings me to humility. It brings me to seeking. It brings me to repentance. It reminds me, yes, that I'm a mess and I'm broken. But it also reminds me that I have a Savior that desires to be close to me. The cross will remind you that you're not perfect, and that's good. But it also reminds you that you have a Savior who wants to hear you. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not dying for anybody who won't want to even have a conversation with me. Jesus died for you, and we don't think he wants to talk to, you, to us. That's crazy. <laughs> you need proof that God desires you look no further than the outstretched arms on the cross. You want proof that God wants to talk to you? Nobody's willing to go through that for someone they won't talk to. <laughs> I would, I, I, you ever heard the phrase, I'll take a bullet for this person, I'll take a bullet for my wife? I mean it, but I talk to her because I love her. Some of y'all, I don't know, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I, I like to believe that I would take a bullet for all of you. <laughs> I can't lie while I'm preaching, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Listen, I'll go up with him, we'll be good. All right. <laughs> Today I want to talk about the reality that God hears you, that he hears me, that he hears us. If we capture this as a church, that God hears us, the way we pray would be different. And when you come to God with posture, not performance, he hears from heaven. And I want to ask, how many of us truly understand this today? I'm not saying understand the concept of this, but believe it, that when I pray, God hears me. Because if you actually understood this and believed it, you would live it and model it. And I'm not trying to, to, to condemn you if you don't today, but I want to encourage you today that if you came in here thinking that God can't hear you and you can't hear God, it's a lie from the pit of hell. God desires to draw close to you. I don't want to condemn you. I want to, I want to embolden you to pray like God hears you because what would happen if the church prayed like God actually heard them? I want some of our prayer lives to come to life with the understanding, not like, oh, look at me, God, my prayer life is so good, but like, Lord, I just want more of you. I just desire more of you. Even here in a high school gymnasium, the living God is here, and he hears every word that's being spoken. I want to break down in that passage, 2 Chronicles 7.14. That word hears is a word in Hebrew called shama, and it actually better translates not just to hears, but hears and listens to. I don't know about you, but it's one thing to hear someone, and it's another thing to listen to someone. Like, I heard my wife ask me to take out the trash, <laughs> but I didn't listen. You know what I'm saying? So three hours later, I'm like, what did you ask me to do again? I know there was something, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because I heard it, but God listens to you. I, I have a three-year-old daughter named Kinsley, and this girl, she's, she's incredible. She talks, like by one years old, she was fully talking. Two years old, she was saying sentences. Three years old, she's like writing short stories with her mouth. 
She's either going to be an author, a preacher, a something. I don't know. And I'm not just that dad who, like, lifts up my kid because she's a horrible athlete, okay? <laughs> but sometimes God gives you gifts, and, like, that hurts me a little bit because I was a three-sport athlete in high school. I know I don't look like it, but I was. And my wife was, <laughs> my wife was a cheerleader, but not, like, the go team, but, like, the competitive. Like, she does backflips, bruh. And, like, my daughter, we, we were playing. We had a balloon the other day. We were playing keep it up, and she's just like, I'm like, <laughs> hit the balloon. You know, you know. <laughs> Come on, stand still. Like I'm like firm feet, firm base. You know, I, this this kid can talk. Okay, this child can talk all day. She can talk. My wife and I the, and and Alex, Pastor Chris, brother, he actually lives with us. We we sat her down. We said, Hey, Kinsley, because one day she was just going. You ever had a kid that was just like nonstop? And we're like, Hey, babe, go two minutes. Two minutes without talking, you can have any toy you want from Target. And I got a little nervous once those words came out of my mouth. I was like, Target's got some expensive toys, and she knows where to find them. You know, like, <laughs> she ain't going to go to the single Barbie. She's going to be like, give me the whole play set. Like, and so she goes like this. She goes, okay, Daddy. She goes, she sits on, she sits on the couch, and she goes, let me, let me. Right. She's just sitting there, like, like, like almost like she's holding her breath. Like, she's trying so hard. And then she all of a sudden goes, did I do it? <laughs> Said, no, you went 45 seconds. <laughs> so for the last three and a half years, I've had 45 seconds at a time of peace. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> so when I tell you I hear a lot, but I don't listen to everything, that's the reality of my life. I'm always hearing something, but I'm not always listening. But can I tell you that when Kinsley wants to get my attention, she draws close. She says, hey, hey, because she knows, she knows she's always talking too. Like she knows this about herself. She'll come close. She'll say, Daddy, hey, will you watch this with me? Daddy, hey, will you get me a snack? Daddy, hey, can you, can you, can you hug me? Daddy, hey, can you cuddle me? She will draw near when she needs me. See, when we draw near to God, he listens to us. When we draw near, he hears us. And not just hears us, but he actually listens to us. When we humble ourselves, when we seek the face of God, when we repent and we draw near, God leans in and listens. And God's a much better father than I am. Because I bet he even listens even when you're just like Kinsley spazzing out. (laughs) I love what Pastor, I keep going back to it, but. Repentance, Pastor Chris talked about last week, brings you closer to Jesus. Sin separates. Repentance draws us near. And if the worship team can, can come up, I'm going to close in like, I don't want to give a number. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> I'm learning, you know. I heard, I heard pastors get three closes, so. All right. This is number one. When you draw near, the Father listens. Catch this. God doesn't just hear you. He listens to you. That man in Luke 18 beating his chest, God listened to him. He listened to every breath that was lifted in worship. He listens to you when you weep at night. He listens to you when you thank him for a new day in the morning. He listens to you when you're crying on your way to work and you're anxious. He listens to you when you shout in frustration. He listens to you when you cry out to him. He listens to you when you celebrate. He listens to you in the lows, and he listens to you in the highs. When you draw near to the Father, the Father draws near to you. He listens to you. So my question today 
is what would happen if the church prayed like God didn't just hear us, but he listened to us. A reality. I want to make this real. I don't want to just have an emotional moment where like he hears us. I want to make this reality in your, in your, in your brain, in your conscious, everyday thought. What would happen if we all started praying prayers like God actually listened? What would happen is if in this high school gym, a church began to pray for a city to be saved, and we believed that God was listening? What would happen if we repented? I believe we repented last week. Maybe some of us need to repent today. But what would happen if collectively we repented and believed for a city to be, to, to be saved and transformed? What would happen if we prayed for prodigals in our lives and believed that God was listening to us? What would happen if we prayed for more of him and believed that he would reveal himself to us? What would happen if we allowed ourselves to get past our anxiety and our fearfulness in prayer and our, and, and our, and our um, miscalculated thoughts of how God hears us and actually prayed like God was listening? How would your prayer life change if you knew he listened? We'd go from like, oh man, I wish this would happen to God. I partner with you in seeing a city saved. God, I partner with you in seeing this prodigal come home. Because you know what I love is that God wants Lathrop more than you want Lathrop and we want Lathrop. God wants your, your son, your daughter to come home and know him more than you want your son or daughter to come home. God desires and he's waiting for us to partner with him. I just believe there's still a praying church in Lathrop that believes there's power in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you today, but I believe that there's a church in Lathrop that believes that there's power in the name of Jesus. And when we actually pray that we wouldn't just see something cool happen, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't just see God grow a building, but we would see God transform lives. That we would see God transform families. That we would see God transform our friends. That we could see God do something incredible. I really believe with all my heart that if the church would say yes to prayer and understand that Jesus is with us and Holy Spirit is inside of us, then nothing could stop the church. The enemy can only take the ground that we allow him to have. Why don't we get comfortable seeking the face of God, humbling ourselves and repenting and in having a life of prayer? Your performance is a lie. All your good deeds you thought you did doesn't matter. Will you seek him? Will you humble yourself? Will you repent? And will you pray? I, uh, I'm so full of faith today. I went to a, a youth and young adult conference yesterday. And there was like 800, 900 young people <laughs> jumping up and down, singing, singing, uh, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. You all know, know that song? I was like, bro, that song, that song came out before half these kids were born. <laughs> it's the power. What would happen if the church believed that there's still power in the name of Jesus? Hmm. I'm so full of faith because if God can speak to a generation that's been written off in a, in a city, it was in the Bay Area, in a city in Antioch, in the Bay Area, in, in a county, in a region that's been written off, saying it's hellbound, in a state of California that's been written off and people say it's hellbound, if I saw the power of God in that room. If God can do it there, God can do it here. That God can do it in a high school gymnasium. I'm so full of faith today because there's nothing that the enemy can stop when God has his way with his people. I'm so full of faith because I believe that right now we can hear from heaven that as we go into a moment where we're going to worship and I'm going to do an altar call, I believe that as we come forward, God's going to begin to speak vision into people. God's going to begin to speak life into people that we can hear from heaven even now.
Because if Lazarus was in the tomb for three days and he could hear when Jesus had come out of that grave, then if you feel spiritually dead in here today, can I tell you he's saying to you, come out of that grave. If he could speak to a tax collector who all he could do was say, God, I'm not worthy to be in your presence and you feel like that today, then he can speak to you today. might feel like you're not worthy that's all right none of us are you might feel like you're dirty that's all right we all got a little dirt but today can we can we turn to him I'm not giving us just a license to just wild out and sin because repentance draws you near and when you get near you don't want to sin so I believe for a church that would step out in faith today I believe for a body that would step out in faith and say, you know what? I want to partner with God. I want to pray a prayer that I stop praying. Some of you have prodigals in your life and you have stopped praying. I believe that the breath of God that brings things back to life wants wants to intercede with you and he wants to pray with you today. Some of us have God dreams that we let die. I believe he wants to breathe those back to life today. Some of us have insecurities that, 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 and we feel dead inside that we've carried that for years. God wants to speak life over it right now. I believe for a church that would rise up in faith today. I believe for a church that could see a city change, that could see a region change. I believe for a church that could understand that their family could be saved. Some of you might have come in here and your marriage is rocky. I believe that the breath of God, if you repent and come up here together, the breath of God can breathe new life into your relationship. So I just, I, I want to do this. If everyone can stand with me. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.